Yo, yo, welcome back to another episode of Island Spot Sports. And before we get to our guest today, we have a big shout out for, for Living Sisu. Living Sisu is a platform and app that wants to give you all the tools to have success in your sport. Their main objective is to activate your lifestyle. So for active, it's for active people. Enjoy discounts at, at companies like BioSteel, 30% off, BodyLogics, the Goalie Guild, all his books are discounted. Roan, Lululemon for men, 20% off. Online stretching programs with Eccentrics, one full month free. They got super silent massage guns, 20% off those. And it's a great quality. It's way less expensive than a Theragun. And it's a great, it's great quality. So there's so many more discounts that you guys will need to just become a member to see. So they want to provide you with anything you need for success. So come join the community. I'm a part of it. A bunch of other athletes are a part of it. So it's free to join. It takes 20 seconds to have it, to get exclusive offers to your sport. And it's definitely worth worth it. So do do us a huge favor and go sign up for Living Sisu's membership. It's free, 20 takes 20 seconds. So go do it and we'll see you there. Living Sisu is a great company. We uh we know one of the co-founders, Zach Fricali. He's a great guy. He uh He's the co-founder and he does a lot of live streams on Instagram at, uh, at Living Sisu and with a bunch of elite athletes. And you learn a lot from like the athlete's determination, the resiliency, everything to what me, made them become successful. So it's been a great experience so far. So go on. I'm going to leave uh, the link in the description. So uh, go sign up. Yo, welcome back to another episode of On The Spot Sports. I'm Jack, and in today's episode, we are joined by a very special guest, current professional hockey player, Gino Mini. Gino is currently playing in the Federal Prospects Hockey League with, with the Port Huron Prowlers. This is Gino's fourth career, fourth year in the FPHL. While before turning pro, he spent time in the GOJHL and then played three years of ACHA college hockey at Oakland University. So uh, it's going to be a good episode, Gino. So I'm excited to get you on. Shout out to Dunner for helping me set, setting, help us setting this up. But uh, welcome to the show, Gino Mini. Yeah, Jack. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, no problem. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good episode. I, I love doing these these types of stuff with just with professional players, just to see like their story and everything. So like, but to start things off, like how, how have you been? Like, I know you're in Fort Huron right now. So like, how's everything there? Um, it's good. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm coming on my, my last year of, uh, pro hockey here. So it's, it's nice to be able to, you know, finish close to home. You know, there was a stretch there where my, you know, my parents didn't get to watch for a long time, you know, I'm playing in other States and, uh, you know, it's nice they can come down Friday, Saturdays and, you know, get to watch their oldest play one more year. So, uh, it's good. You know, I've, I've enjoyed my time a lot in Port Huron. Yeah, and like, congrats on uh, your last year of playing pro. <laughs> finish, finish, Thanks, finish, finish it out strong, and yeah, hopefully go hopefully. go win a championship. Hopefully, I would love some hardware, man. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, a- absolutely. But you're uh, you grew up in Richmond, Michigan. So, like, you, how how far away is that from Port Huron? Yeah, it's uh, it's about thirty minutes, twenty five, thirty minutes. I uh, I lived here since I was three years old. So the last. 24 years of my life um went to richmond elementary middle and high school and uh 
Yeah, so I'm I'm familiar with the area. I I you know I played at uh, Glacier Point growing up. For people that don't know, it's a smaller city rink outside of uh, Port Huron, and uh, you know always did Silver Sticks and whatnot. So um, it's a little special to be close to home for my final season. So I'm uh, I've been uh, very grateful for that. So yeah, absolutely. It's like what was it like growing up in Richmond? Like you said, you went to Silver Sticks, did everything in there. It's like what was youth hockey growing up? all the way up until like junior hockey when you started that that uh quest to professional hockey in that ranks yeah absolutely um you know richmond's very small farm town uh for anybody who's drove through it you're not missing much um you know i i would say i'm one of uh i was one of five hockey players if that uh when i went to richmond uh two of them being my brothers and uh the other two being my my neighbors and uh so it was, uh, you know, I was always the outcast and play like, uh, yeah. um, you know, baseball, football, basketball, stuff like that. So it was, uh, it was always pretty hockey driven. And, um, you know, I played youth hockey in the Port Huron area, Mount Clemens area, you know, anything close to where we were at. Um, uh, from there, um, I played at, uh, I played for a team called Peter Klima Warriors. Uh, for those who don't know who Peter Klima is, he is, uh, he, he was a former NHL player, played for the Wings for a long time. Um, he uh, he put together a Czech, Czech Republic team, actually. Um, his two sons, uh, they still play. One plays in the top league in Czech, and uh, one plays in the AHL right now. And uh, I played for him, and uh, then I moved on to uh, uh, Sarnia Sting AAA over in Canada. We uh, we had a battle with the Canadian government quite a bit. We, uh, cool. we, we got some... Um, you know, we knew some people and they told us to try it out. And um, Canada is not like the U.S. It's very strict about um, where players are from and where they can play. Um, you're only allowed two import cards on a AAA or junior team. And uh, you have to play in the city that you're from. So if you're from Sarnia, you have to play for Sarnia Sting. If you're from London, you got to play for London Junior Knights and so on and so forth. So we had to battle with the Canadian government and, and prove to them that Sarnia was actually closer to us than uh let's say Taylor or Hazel Park where Honey Baked yeah. play. I was I was playing for Honey Baked at the time and um yeah, so I, I went on over there and uh I had a had a good showing and um from there I uh uh Dale Hunter from London Knights, he met with uh met with my parents at a practice and I got Got an invite to London Knights training camp in uh, 2014 and signed a tender with them. It was, you know, very special. I mean, obviously, everybody knows what London Knights is. It's a yeah. world-renowned organization. And uh, with the training camp, I was definitely not ready. You know, I was 17, 18 years old, straight out of high school, super skinny kid. Um, I remember, uh, you know, I thought I had a pretty good training camp. I remember leaning forward. Um and I went in for an exit interview after the camp and Dale Hunter, he's sitting there like out of a movie, he's, you know, flipping through papers. He didn't even acknowledge me uh, for, I'd say probably three, four minutes. And then uh, finally he looks up and he goes, uh, you know, how do you, how do you think, how do you think you did? And, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, I thought it did pretty good. You know, I had, I had a goal, I had a, I had a fight, I had this, that, you know, and uh, he leans forward and he goes, how are you going to play in this league if, if you only bench 155 two times, right? Because we had all this, we had all this off ice testing. So I go, holy shit. And then he goes, uh, yeah. you know, we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on you. We'll make some phone calls. So 
from uh from there they sent me to Lampton Predators in the Gulch where I played the next two years and uh yeah I tried to hit the gym after that <laughs> you know that was definitely a wake-up call for me if you want to play at that level so yeah that's uh that's the youth to junior story for sure <laughs> oh yeah lots of <laughs> lots of learning experience and wake-up calls from from that trip to to London Knights uh to their training camps like what yeah was that like the biggest thing you picked up was that you got to get in the gym and just start start lifting heavy to if you want to play at that level yeah absolutely i like i said you know now i'm a you know pretty built guy but uh back then i was you know super skinny way skinnier for my size and uh you know guys like like max stomey uh bo hovart was the captain of my training camp team mitch marner you know those guys well not so much marner but you know the, those guys they were they were built they were strong they, they you know their shuttle runs were fast they could do a shit ton of pull-ups they were repping out so you know and all the d-man there were big so i figured if i, if I want to play at this level or anywhere remotely close i gotta i gotta get big and, and find my niche and you know so definitely a wake-up call definitely a learning experience you know um my uh my roommate was actually Oli mata um at the time uh with my billet family so he, he gave me a lot of tips and pointers you know i mean he, he was playing for pittsburgh and uh you know playing on the finnish world junior team so he uh you know another big strong european guy so yeah definitely definitely learned a lot from those guys yeah it's not not a bad player to learn to learn a lot from, <laughs> especially when uh he's uh he was left with the penguins and he's on the the finnish team over there so like that yeah. that's a great role model to, to go after yeah, absolutely. He was uh he was a great guy, man. I um at the time I remember my my youngest brother, he was super young. He he might have been uh fuck, maybe eleven, twelve years old around that area. And um, you know, Pittsburgh was always his favorite team. And I remember, you know, I'm sure these guys hear this stuff all the time and I always felt bad yeah. asking, but I remember just saying, Man, like, you know, if there's something you could do or say to him or whatnot, you know, uh uh, you know, that mean the world to him. And he went down and he grabbed his uh playoff towel from Pittsburgh that year. He gave a little signature and he tossed it to my brother. So that was always pretty cool. But yeah, it's it's a good thing to learn from the pros for sure, man. Yeah, absolutely. Now that you are in, in the pros and this this year, fourth year, like is that like like the biggest things you've told like the younger guys to get in the get in the weight room like off off ice training is important and like what what are some of the biggest things you've you've taught like the younger guys coming into their first first or second year pro yeah i um i think uh you know my it's it's a big jump when whenever you make that leap you know from triple a to juniors juniors to major juniors or college college to pro you know every year that i made that jump it was it was always a wake-up call and you know everybody's better and you know as as you get you know higher up that, that pyramid gets more and more narrow right that's yeah. why there's not as many pros and um you know my my out of college i left my junior year um to go play for huntsville i got a invite to their training camp and you know again another wake-up call is everybody was you know big in my size and I, I think the gym's important. Um, you know, you don't need to be like a bodybuilder, but you need to be, you know, explosively strong. Um, I coach a high school team. I harp on these kids a lot. I, I think it's uh, not so much your upper body, you know, but but your legs, right? And 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 your balance is important. How well you can defend the puck, you know, use your body as a as a defense mechanism. But um, the the biggest things for sure that that I tell the youngest guys or anybody listening is. Um, you know, your, your compete level for sure. Um, whether it's practice games, I mean, you got to battle every shift and, uh, 
you know, your, your edging consistency, you know, I think um, me and my old man were talking about this the other day, you know, you see, you see a player play a great game, right. And then maybe he's off the next three or four games. Right. And uh, it shows that that player has the ability to be great. Right. Because he showed you it, but the hard part is the consistency. Right. And I, and I think that that's true for all of sports. It, it's hard to be consistently that good. That's why those great players, you know, Nick Lindstrom, Crosby guy's been in the league 20 years, consistently good. Um, I think that's the hardest part about sports. So finding that edge, you know, competing, right. Taking the off ice stuff seriously, you know, staying away from, you know, you can party a little bit as a hockey player. It's, yeah. it's an embedded in our culture. Right. But if, if you're yeah. truly serious about it, you would, you would avoid 95% of that stuff. Um, get in the weight room, right. Eating clean and, and just trying to be as consistent as possible. So that's, that's the advice I would give to the young guys. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a great lesson, great great advice. Because like even like I've especially this year, like you just got that I've been learning is like consistency. Consistency is huge. Like you just got to make make sure your body feels great or feels good every every single practice, every single game. You just got to find those ways to help help like everything like come into like one one spot where you're able to to produce and be uh, be consistent day in day out. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you know, I, in college, I was, um, you know, like most college guys that come to the Fed or the SP or the coast, you know, at, at some point on your college team, when you're a junior or senior, you're, you're probably the go-to guy. Right. And yeah. I was, uh, you know, one of them with uh, a couple other buddies of mine, you know, I was power play penalty kill overtime shootout, whatever the scenario. Right. And, uh, you know, then when I get, when I got to Huntsville, I realized how much better, everybody is there right that I don't I don't need to do that stuff right yeah. so I, I had to find my niche quick and it was uh I realized that where I'm gonna excel at and where teams are gonna you know take a look at me is you know playing big and strong right fighting if I have to getting shots through and moving the puck up quick right there's no need for me anymore in my career to skate the puck up and try to go in yeah. and right I just need to move it quickly on a guy's tape and and you know that that's why the forwards they're there at that level they'll get the points right so I, I don't need to worry about that as much so um yeah for sure man that's uh it's been an interesting uh you know experience so far yeah you just gotta just gotta find your role and like my goalie coach and i have like talks like this all the time like you you think you've seen good and then you go up another level and it's a completely different it's a tif- it's a completely Absolutely. different new good and like yep. it, every, as every level you go up, like it's just gonna get better and better, and you're gonna see more and more good players each and every time you step up. Yep, absolutely, man. Like I said, that that pyramid gets more and more narrow. It's uh, it's pretty bizarre, right? And we're talking, you know, um, single A hockey here, right? And and some yep. of these guys, and and I've played with you know great players, like I said, Bohovar, Mitch Marner, and. You know, some of these guys, single A, double A, are some of the best players I've ever seen, right? That just goes yeah. to show how, how fucking hard it is to get to that top tier level, you know, so. Oh, yeah, a- absolutely. It's, it's it's so much fun to see, and so it's very cool to see, like, as you, like, even from, like, the bottom, like, bottom levels, like, there's still extremely good players, like you said, that yeah. are maybe even better than some guys that are playing double A, triple A, or whatever league that is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, uh, 
our goalie right now, uh, Wyatt Hoffman, he was he was at uh, the year Vegas became an expansion team. He was at Vegas Golden Knights training camp, right? And now he's in now he's in single A. You know, you know he's he's uh, he's got the ability to go up to you know whatever level he wants to. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, there's there's good players, man. You get a wide variety in the in the Fed for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. But you you talked about like when you're going up in the youth hockey, like. You had a uh, you went up to Canada to play AAA. So like, what was that lifestyle change like? Especially since you you're going from Michigan and in the in the U.S. to Canada and like, I Canada's a whole can Canadian hockey is a whole different sport. Yeah, absolutely. Um, God, I feel like um, I feel like we you know as uh when I was playing in the U.S. if I was going to you know if I was playing a spring for Honey Baked or Beltai or whatever and I I just felt uh you know I, everything was so skill focused I mean you know you, yeah. you take a look at uh like college hockey like NCAA Division One compared to you know major juniors I, I think there's a lot more skill a lot more finesse and uh you know, Canada has that ability too. I mean, obviously there's great players there, but I think they played a little more of a, you know, hard nosed game in, uh, in youth hockey, right. A little more dump and chase, finish your checks, you know, move the puck up quick, right. Crash the net, you know, that, that old school style of hockey for sure. And, uh, you know, as those kids get older and better, it's just, you know, they're, 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 they're the complete package when they play, right. They, they have every aspect of the game. Where I feel, uh, you know, the U.S. is, like I said, a little more skills focused. You know, I, I think uh, coaching a lot, I, I see that now. You know, it's it's practices are more skill focused and edge focused and whatnot. And maybe we're straying away from some of the fundamentals. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, def- definitely a big change for me, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Did you did you end up having a billet in Canada? No, I, uh, I was fortunate enough where, you know, Sarnia – 35 40 minutes from my house and uh where i play juniors only you know an hour more so yeah um i you know i had good buddies there lived in sarnia i'd go hang out at their houses you know two three days so um if you want to consider that a billet yeah i guess so but uh i was still able to be home three four days of the week so it was uh it was nice you know same with school you know in college i uh played close to home and able to stay home and now I'm back at home playing pro too. So I'm sure the parents have uh, loved and enjoyed that. But <laughs> Yeah. But hey, hey, you're, uh, you're living, you're living at home and like, you're just at a place where you're familiar with. And like when you're playing at a place where you're familiar with and then playing hockey where you're wanted and like, you're getting time, like there's nothing better than that. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you know, all the guys on the team now, they, they say how jealous they are, you know, I get to, <laughs> I get to sleep in my own bed. If, uh, you know, if I want to go work, uh, you know, or do something or go to school, right. I still have classes right now, you know, and, um, uh, I could do all that, go to practice in the morning still, and then come home to mom's cooking, you know? So, <laughs> oh yeah, no, nothing better. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, but then you went into the GOJHO with the Landon Shores Predators. Like, what was the process like to sign in the Goge for juniors? Yeah, I remember. Um, I remember after London, we uh, we waited a little bit, and uh, you know, waited for the phone to ring, and finally it did. And you know, we were told to go to this Lampton Predators team, and um you know my 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 folks never played hockey but they didn't know a thing about it and I didn't even really either you know I uh I always loved the game but I was never the guy that like uh I didn't watch like the NHL or I didn't even know what you know we didn't even know what uh OHL teams were right 
So um, not to sidetrack, but funny story that when uh, when Dale Hunter first came to my parents, my uh, when when they were saying what team they're from, my mom my mom didn't know, so she thought it was a junior C team. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, not to knock on that, but you know, my dad's laughing. You know, go thinking, holy shit, this is you know one of the best junior organizations in the world. But um, anyways, when I went to Lampton, it was. Uh, it was, it was weird. It was weird to wear a visor for the first time, you know, and not wear a cage. I remember being super scared about my teeth the first, you know, 15 games. And, but, uh, when I got there, I wasn't, uh, you know, again, I was, you know, 17, 18 year old skinny kid. And, you know, there's our, you know, the coach is a very good league too, right. Still produces, yeah. you know, division one commits, moves guys on to the O all the time. Um, so I, I wasn't like, uh, established or had a spot yet. I was like an eighth defenseman and, you know, I didn't play much. I, I think I think I got there maybe four games into the season um, after London's camp, and I didn't play. I think I was scratched maybe three or four games. And then when I did play, I got, you know, two, three shifts. So that that was a, you know, a, a culture shift for sure to go from uh, where you, where you kind of play on the regular, right? You might have your bad game in AAA or when you're playing youth hockey and you and you get benched for a shift or two, but uh nothing like that, right? I hadn't I hadn't sat on a bench before and, you know, for 45 minutes of an of a game and get two, three shifts. And so uh I remember I talked to the coach, uh Don, and I just told him, you know, look, I uh I can't I can't show you what I can do if if you if you don't give me the chance. And uh you know, I went out there and, you know, he said, all right. And I went out there, I had a good game and they started putting me in the lineup on a regular rotation. But, uh, you know, I, it was, it was weird to be a part of, uh, to be able to fight a guy for once. Right. I remember thinking that was crazy, you know, cause you're always pushing and shoving in triple A or yeah, no, nothing, no dropping the gloves or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. So I remember, uh, it wasn't, wasn't very long when I got, uh, in my first Tilly and, you know, I got an older guy put a put a pretty good beat down on me, but you know, I got better as I went on. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was also my first experience and uh, playing in front of crowds too. You know, I mean, typically youth hockey, AAA, right? Unless you're a high school player, you know, they get some decent crowds. But you know, yeah. we were always just playing in front of you know the same twenty parents that would come to the games, and uh, you know, Sarnia, Chatham, Kent. Um, you know, Leamington, right? These teams, London Nationals, they uh they get some pretty good crowds, you know, 1,500, 2,000, 2,500, right? So that was uh that was pretty bizarre for me too. I remember being nervous as hell my first game in the signing against the Legionnaires. And, um, you know, but like you said, it's just like anything else. You get used to it, you move on, right? And uh, the crowds get bigger and bigger as every level you go up. So uh, definitely learned a lot and, you know, that helped uh, – kind of level my head out and you know build a little confidence and whatnot so <laughs> yeah a lot a lot of great experiences that that first year of juniors and like it's it's hard to get used to something when you when you go up a level from like triple a into and in, into juniors and the goes like what was like what was that transition period like from and like how long did it take you to get used to the game yeah, it was uh like I said earlier, it's it's a it's a big jump when you uh when you go from any level, triple A yeah. to juniors, college, pro, whatever. Um, you know, the speed for sure. I I you know, I thought I lacked in that department, right? You're you're used to making plays at the you know, at the level of speed that you're used to. So um, 
you know, a lot of these guys, right. I'm, I'm a 17, 18 year old kid. And, you know, these guys on my team, they're 21, right. So there's three years older, right. You're usually playing against guys, you know, your age and, yeah. you know, some of the guys on the other team, they're, they're 21, they're big, they got big beards, you know, right. It's uh it's all pretty scary. crazy, but yeah, definitely. Uh, but you know, the speed for sure. I, I think that's the, I think that's the hardest thing. Most, uh, most people have an adjustment period to, um, you know, poor here on uh, right now at the Prowlers, it's, uh, you know, college hockey season's ending, right? So we've been signing a lot of free agents. And, um, you know, I think that's what most of the guys all uh, all say, that that's the mutual uh, agreement amongst most uh, people when they make that jump is the speed and the level of play, right? It's yeah. you're used to playing, you know, four years or of juniors or four years of college or three years of AAA all against kids your age, right? And then every level you take up, the guys are older, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. So def definitely the speed for sure. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. It's like, what do you do to help like adjust that speed to the level of the game? Is it just, is it just about like getting that game experience to finally get your legs under you or do you just like work on like foot, footwork and practice? Like what, what's some of the biggest points that you take to work on that speed? Yeah, I think, um, you know, everybody has a, a different approach. I think um, naturally gifted and good players, um, you know, their adjustment period would probably be shorter. I think that uh, they could pick up on the game and the speed for yeah. pretty quickly overall. Um, you know, I, when I was like 20-ish, 21, I was, uh, you know, talking to some people that are playing at the higher levels. I, I always had an interest in it and thought I had the ability to do it. And you know, the, the more common feedback I, I would get was speed and footwork. So um, I, I took a couple summers. I trained at uh, Puck Masters and, and Wixom with uh, with the old college coach of mine. And, you know, it was two, three times a week, footwork drills, speed drills, right? And then, you know, on top of that, I'm in the gym. You're doing, you know, a lot of band work, a lot of squats, right? Trying to get that explosiveness going. So, um, you know, for me, that, that was uh, the approach I took. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good approach, especially like when you have like a set like program like that. You're just able to, yeah. like the consistency of it. You're just able to get into you know what you're gonna do that week, and it's gonna help build that foundation of speed and footwork. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, shout out to uh, Gary Ulrich at Two SP. He's uh, he was my uh, program mentor. He's uh, you know great uh great trainer works with athletes works with a lot of the wings so you know i trust him knew what he was doing he definitely got me bigger and stronger for sure yeah a absolutely and like you talked about earlier you talked about you were how you were an eighth defenseman at the time of your first camp with in the goge it's like what would be some advice for like players that are in that situation where they're seventh eighth defender getting healthy or like Nadia or like having like a shift or two a game like what what are what's some advice that you'd give them to help like get that confidence in them and help help them like ex help help them get into the lineup yeah um you know I, I'm sure you've heard it before um right you can always control your attitude and effort right yeah. um I don't think anybody as far as teammates coaching staff nobody likes when a person has a terrible negative attitude so, you know, I think you keep positive, right? Um, going to being a good teammate goes a absolute long way. Um, you know, supporting supporting the guy to the left and right of you, right? That's what it's all about, right? The the yeah. team working towards a common goal. Um, you know, obviously it can be tough, right? I, I had to do it at the professional level too, even in Elmira, you know, some some games I'd play, 
you know, 20, 25 minutes. And then the, the very next game I was playing three shifts. Right. So yeah. it can definitely be hard on you mentally, right. At, at any level, you know, you want to be out there. Right. And, uh, so I think, uh, I think being a good teammate, right. Um, when you do get those shifts, when you get that one, two, three shifts, right. It, it's tough when you're sitting there and you're cold and whatnot, but you know, you got to go out there and you got to try to make something happen. Um, you know, controlling your attitude and effort, right. Especially in practice, that's, that's where you're going to earn your time, right. You're going to have to beat out the other guys on your team, compete hard, right. You don't work on, uh, work on your stuff. I, I think, you know, being the first guy on the ice, last guy off the ice, right. I think stuff like that goes a long way. I think, you know, honest, true coaches pay attention to things like that. So that would be my advice for somebody in that situation. Yeah, that, that was, that's, uh, that's some great advice, especially like going back to like the consistency part like you just do that and they have like a consistent plan even if you're getting healthy or or like seeing one or two shifts a game like you're at least yeah. doing something that's like a consistent routine that's going to get you into into that mindset where you're you're just going to go into practice and treat that like a game and hopefully your coach is gonna gonna notice notice like make a good play or two and hopefully get you in the lineup soon yeah absolutely and you know the uh the sports world is, 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 you know, a strange thing, right? A guy can, yeah. a guy can get injured, right? He could, he could, he could get traded, you know, whatever. He could leave for family emergencies and get a big fight with the coach. Doesn't matter, right? Your, your, your opportunity could present itself like that, right? So you always want to be, uh, like you said, you want to be mentally prepared and, and ready to go, right? A guy, like I said, a guy can get hurt mid game. You're, seventh eighth d maybe you're playing one or two shifts right now now it's down to 60 right and you're getting a regular yeah. shift regular rotation that's your opportunity to prove something so I, I again i don't think any of those things that i stated you know anybody would uh overlook i think they go a long way so yeah yeah absolutely so then you go into the next year <laughs> you play your second year in the goge and then you get an opportunity to go to college the following year at oakland university for ACHA it's like what was the process like to get in to commit to Oakland University so um I had uh my second year I, I had about maybe maybe seven six or seven division three schools looking at me um okay I don't even think I can name them all but uh, Johnson Wales UMass Boston Elmira Aurora and I don't even know the other ones. I can't even remember, but I remember we narrowed it down to Johnson and Wales at the time. I wanted to be a finance major and, you know, they're an international, you know, private business school. And I remember looking at my phone uh, the night before, I think it was me and my mom, we were, we were supposed to fly out there. And I remember just looking at my phone going, Jesus Christ, like, am I really going to play, you know, 17, 18 hours away, right? Go to school, you know, because, you know, this is coming from a kid that, you know, I was home my entire life, yeah. right? So, um, I was, I was actually going to quit hockey. I was going to be done. And, uh, you know, my dad was doing some research and I remember he, uh, he told me, uh, he sent me a link to a recruiting form for Oakland. And, um, he's like, why do you fill it out? I'm like, I don't know. Cause you know, again, I, I didn't really know, uh, I didn't know if NCAA D3 was good. I didn't know if ACHA D1 was good. I, I didn't yeah. know how any of the stuff worked, right? We just didn't know anything about hockey. Go with the flow of it. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, you know, I was like, okay, whatever. can't hurt, right? So I fill out this form. You know, I submit it online, and probably three minutes after submitting it, I get a call on my phone from the head coach, right? Um, 
So, you know, he's, he's giving me the whole spiel and, you know, we'd love to have you out. We got a, you know, we got a team skate tomorrow and blah, blah, blah. And why don't you come down? And I'm like, all right, whatever. Can't hurt. Right. So I go down and, uh, you know, we skate like six, seven of guys. This is maybe in like August of 2016, maybe. And, um, you know, school starting in about a month and, uh, I remember the at the time the captain and another guy they they took me out to launch paid for it and uh you know showed me around campus right uh asked me you know what what I would think about going in you know business or engineering or whatever and they're showing me you know where my classes would be for you know depending on what major showing me the gym yeah. and you know and and all I'm thinking in my head is you know what I, I kind of like this right it's it's close to home right everything's right here on campus you don't you know it's not like Michigan State or something where you got to you know, you got one class here and then your other class 35 minutes yeah. away. Right. And, uh, so I went home, I had a long talk with my parents and, and said, uh, this is what I want to do and called the coach back. I signed, uh, signed a letter of intent and, you know, the rest is history. So. <laughs> yeah. So that's a bit, that's a crazy story, especially since yeah. you're going to be done with hockey and then you found your love for the game again, yeah. going into Oakland university. So like, what was that first year of junior, uh, first year of college hockey like um again another another big uh a big jump speed wise yeah. right and uh definitely a big jump in the age difference right juniors um you know if you're good enough to be a 16 year old playing juniors right you're gonna have guys five years older than you yeah but typically as a as a freshman whether you're a true freshman or coming straight out of juniors your teammates are gonna be way older than you right so to have guys on my team that were 25, 26 years old, right. About to graduate. They got their careers going, you know, it, it was, uh, it was pretty crazy. It was, it was definitely, um, definitely a mental difference, right. I'm, I'm in my head, I'm still a kid and, you know, these guys are grown men. Right. And, yeah. uh, um, you know, but as far as like the culture and the seriousness of it, right. The, uh, the college hockey, it's all about the team and, you know, they have their, their rituals and, learning the fight song and you know being a part of the school and going to school events right that's not something typically you're doing too much as juniors you know and juniors and uh um you know as far as like the external stuff that was that was a big adjustment for me but uh you know internally on the ice again you know huge huge jump in the game i remember the first game thinking holy shit like this is uh this is crazy right this yeah. is this is so fast paced these guys are huge out here flying around so you know, that was just an, another wake-up call, right, that told me, you know, after this season, got to get in the gym even more and, and uh, you know, get better at hockey, so. Yeah, and, like, college, college hockey is, like, a whole a whole nother breed in, in the world of hockey, like, especially college, like, it brings it brings schools together, especially when you get the fan sections going as well. It's like, yeah. how, how, are the, how are the crowds and the fan sections then uh, when, when, you, when you would play? Oh, uh, they they would be pretty good, especially we used to have uh we used to have a rivalry with Rochester College, uh, another close uh small Christian school um near us, and you know we play a best of five series for the for the jug of Rochester Hills, and uh you know the, their student sections would come, and you know we had a decent amount of people, and uh you know play at the Onyx right, it's not too hard to pack, so our crowds would be pretty good, but um. You know, some of the bigger schools we played at, like, you know, Liberty University, Ohio, these guys are getting three, four or five thousand people a game. So those were uh, 
those are always pretty uh pretty crazy games for sure right and and like you said it's not like juniors where you know some local people from the town are coming i mean these kids they got their chest painted they're banging <laughs> on the glass blowing horns right it's it's fucking mayhem so definitely that was an adjustment for sure too <laughs> Wait, were you ever a target of the the fan sections Oh, always, man. I, my, I mean, my last name's Minnie, right? So uh, <laughs> you can imagine I've heard the term mini dick" a lot in my life, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All like those are those are some of the best like fan like just they literally just come up with anything that they possibly oh, yeah. can. They'll stalk your Instagram, stalk your Twitter. <laughs> yeah. They'll stalk I, like uh, your family's page, everything. I remember um, when we played in Liberty. Um, my assistant captain Ryan Rotundi, they uh right behind the glass on us, they had about 15 pictures blown up of his girlfriend, <laughs> man. And you know, again, I'm just sitting there, right? I'm a 20, 21 year old kid thinking, Holy shit, I mean, this is this is like something out of a movie, you know? So it's the jungle, yeah, yeah, exactly. The jungle, perfect way to describe it, <laughs> yeah. But like, those are some of the those makes for some of the best memories and best like moments when you think back to back to college hockey throughout like all the different memories throughout the throughout the sport that you've played and as well as like the fans chirping you all the time oh yeah that's you know it's it's part of the game uh they uh they make it fun you know i i had gone on a podcast earlier this year and uh you know they asked me the same question it was uh you know one of the people who runs it's a fan of the Columbus team in our league, right? They get a good crowd and they're pretty rowdy. And she was asking me about that. And I, I said, you know, it, it never bothered me, right? I think it's all mm-hmm. good fun. I, I think it's uh I think it's important for the fans to get the whole experience, right? And and uh get a get a full interaction with the game, you know. But uh yeah, definitely mess it a little bit. You know, my youngest brother, he's playing at Oakland now and uh you know I've gone to a couple of games and, you know, a little nostalgic, right? So yeah. Yeah, definitely fun times for sure. Yeah, especially yeah, and like the fans chirping you like it, it like it does not bother. I don't think it bothers anyone. It, it all <laughs> makes us just laugh. Like I remember, yeah, exactly. Last week, last week the game, uh, we played Muskie and wasn't going our way, and I was getting chirped. I just winked at, the, I just winked at the fans. Like um, it doesn't bother me at all. Like say whatever you want, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, exactly, man. It's like I said, it's all in fun. I don't think they mean uh, anything personable by it, right? So, oh, yeah. yeah. So your third year at Oakland University, you were named assistant captain. So, like, what was what was it about taking on that leadership role that really helped you grow as not only like as a person or not only as an athlete, but also a person? Um. Yeah. I, um. You know, to be uh to be voted on by your peers right um we would do uh we would do a team vote you know the the coaches would would vote us also and you know they would they would always say that they would uh they'd be pretty close right and votes anyway so um you know again to be voted on by by guys my age or guys younger than me that are looking at me for that role you know it's pretty special so um you know that that helped me uh that helped me mature in ways you know to to think that I'm going to take, you know, these, these 20 guys, right. Along with the other captains and, and, uh, you know, try to lead them into a national championship yeah. and, and, uh, you know, on top of it, showing them the ropes, right. Showing them the rituals, the routines, right. The, uh, the history of the team and whatnot and, and passing all that information along down to them. Right. So they can pass it to the next, uh, you know, uh, recruiting class coming in and so on and so forth. So, um, 
Yeah, it was pretty special. I think uh, I think I started taking, you know, hockey a little more serious at that point. And, uh, you know, you almost feel like uh, you almost feel like responsible for the guys. Right. You know, you you want you want the best for them. And and, uh, you know, you want you want to try to get them to that point and uh, whatever way you see fit. So, um, you know, that that was a special, special moment for me, for sure. Um, You know, I never wore a wore a letter before in juniors or triple a so um you know i guess it just showed my own maturity throughout uh throughout my career so yeah definitely something special <clears throat> yeah and you're you're like setting the foundation for everyone else for like everyone that's looking up to you the new class coming in and like it's just gonna like it's, it's a carry on tradition through through like what you and the other captains set and hopefully it just goes on and on throughout throughout the next couple of years next the the class is coming in so it's just it I, I i could only imagine that it's just awesome to see just from where where it started when you were a freshman to where you were at in your third year in your junior year getting that assistant captain just to see where the program has gone from from then on out yeah absolutely i uh i mean funny story actually i got i i got uh the letter when I was a sophomore. I don't know why on my EP it only says I wore it when uh, when I was a junior, but uh, I was voted on as a sophomore. I was uh, I was the youngest player to wear a letter, and uh, you know, youngest not not player, but age bracket, and um, you know, and, and at that time a sophomore had never worn a you know lower lower level class, but never worn a letter, so that that was pretty special. But uh, you know, I wore it my junior year also, so. Yeah. Two years of leadership, right? So, yeah, no, never trust what elite prospects. Like. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. what, that's that's a learning experience from today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, but like, what was it like to see the the team grow from your freshman year into the time that you left? Yeah, I think um, you know my my freshman year we were a good hockey team. We just uh, you know everybody was good that year. We had uh, our our con- our conference was super solid. Um, you know, um, I think out of the seven or nine teams that were in our conference, 75% of them were in the top 15 in the country, right, at the time. So, wow. um, you know, we were a good team, but we just didn't we just didn't win much. And then, uh, you know, my second year, we had a really good recruiting class. Um, we started to find ourselves ranked, you know, from – 16th to 25th um you know in that in that frame and you know when you're in the top 16 you get to go to the nationals and actually in the acha so um we unfortunately fell off and uh same same for the second year right we we're always right there and and we would fall off at the end and and you know finish you know 20th instead of 16th right yeah. and and uh you know it was, it was still special I, I always wanted to you know get my chance to go to nationals but unfortunately i didn't and uh you know, Oakland's uh in recent years they've been struggling a little bit. So hopefully, uh hopefully they can uh turn that program around and get her back on track, you know, the glory days, right? The oh, early man. early two thousand tens when Oakland was, you know, always in the tournament, right? Winning consistently. So Oh yeah, absolutely. You gotta gotta live, relive the 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 good old glory days when whenever you can. That's uh that's a must. Absolutely. Yeah, but like, what what do you learn from situations like that when you guys are ranked 16, and then you get bumped to 20, 25, 26, like you said, and just miss the tournament by by like five plus five plus teams? 
Yeah. Um, you know, the learning, the learning, right. The, uh, the learning experience there is going back to what I said earlier about consistency. Right. I yeah. think, uh, again, it's, it's the hardest thing to do in sports is as an individual and as a team, right. Um, even from my own experience with Port Huron, right. We, we put a beat down on a team, you know, seven, one, seven, two Friday night. Right. And, uh, then we lose five to two Saturday, right. We've shown the ability that we can absolutely dominate them, right. And beat them. And we just couldn't put it together the next night. Right. So I, I think again, that, that experience is, is, uh, you know, t- the takeaway from that is having your head in the right place, right. Being mentally prepared, mentally focused, right. And thinking just because, uh, just because things happen now or things are going good now, right. doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. You still got to show up every day and, and compete and be consistent and have that edge. Right. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, March madness tournaments coming up, right. You know, there's major upsets in that all the time. And I'm sure th- teams think the same thing, right. Oh, we're, you know, number two C number one C we're going to steamroll this team. Right. But, it goes to show that anybody can beat anybody on any given day, man. So it's, again, it's about consistency. It's about showing up. It's about your drive, your compete level, you know, all those things wrapped together and, and, you know, with a, with a plan of action from your coaches staff and, you know, you got to follow through and execute. There's nothing else to it. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And like, I remember during March Madness, I believe it was either like two or three years ago, whatever it was. I think like a 16 seed made it to lead eight to a final four or something like that. Yeah. And just kept yeah. upsetting and just getting hot at the right time. Like that's all it is at like during playoff times, getting hot at the right time and then being exactly. consistent. Like you said. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's uh it's been shown before. I mean, well, Columbus blue jackets, you know, to, when, uh, when Tampa set the, you know, you know the right like the best record for the yeah. NHL season, right? And they uh they get bounced first round four zero by uh by an eighth seed. You know, and any anybody can beat anybody. Got to show any, up. Anything can happen. Exactly. Yeah, but then your third your third year was the the product. Yeah, uh, you had you had the most productive points throughout your three years there. It's like what, well, what made you successful that third year to to like? What is it all about that that consistency like we've been talking about? Yeah, I think, um, you know, my uh, my coach at the time, Colin Ronier, he was uh, he was the guy I was working with at Puck Masters um, that summer from sophomore to junior summer and or the junior season. Sorry. And, uh, you know, doing a lot of a lot of footwork with him, a lot of a lot of edge work. And you know, I was also hitting the gym hard. That's when I took my biggest leap and weight as well. You know, I think I went from you know, like 198 to about like. 212 215 right so I got I got very big very strong there and um you know footwork got better and you know my dad would always say that you know you got to show up and have the mindset that you know I'm yeah. I'm the baddest motherfucker here right nobody's better than me and and I think I uh you know it, it's hard to put that mental you know part together of the game too right it's uh it's tough for anybody so I you know uh Mario Lemieux one of the greatest players ever he has a book called Hockey Mentally Tough right for those who haven't read it it's a it's a great book but um it, it shows you know again that consistency you every you have that ability to be great right but it's putting it together all the time out there so I think um you know being an older guy and you know I was 24 at the time and you know I just had the mindset that you know I'm the biggest here I'm the baddest right I, I can dance around all these guys nobody can stop me so um I just I had a breakout season, uh, like you said, a career high in points, and um, you know I got I got uh, you know second team all league for 
for defenseman in the GLCHL, and I was the only one on my team. And you know, I was special, you know, to get that on a on a on a losing team, right? We didn't make playoffs that year, unfortunately, and you know, we finished about five hundred. But you know, I, I I tried to compete and show up every single game, and um, you know, definitely uh, definitely a big a big leap in points. But I would attribute it to all those things. So. <laughs> Yeah, if you if you put your mind to something that you believe that you're the best, you're the strongest, whatever it is, like you your mind has uh, tons of different ways to put that in, uh, put that into action, and just uh, be the just to be able to produce like that, like just having that mindset is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, you know, it's it's tough. It took me a long time. I I'd say uh, you know, I could have had a lot better career than I did. Um. You know, if I if I could have had the mental aspect that I had now, right? I was I was yeah. told no a lot and got cut a lot and and uh you know I always thought that I wasn't good enough when the whole time I actually was, right? And when I finally realized that and started getting the opportunities, right, it was it was a little too late, right? Most guys yeah. my age were were now way ahead of me and I was playing catch up, right? So now I had to I had to grind it out and really work hard to to get the opportunities that I had and you know when I when I you know I wasn't a draft pick or I wasn't this or whatever right I didn't uh I didn't have those things because I blew them when I was younger so yeah the the mindset is definitely a huge part in in hockey and any sport really like if like that's where you can make the biggest leaps is just if you believe in yourself to like you're the best uh, or to the fullest of your ability and just uh know that you're putting in the work like you see yep. those bounds happen all the time and it's just like out of nowhere too. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the self part is what's big, man. It's all on you at the end of the day. Oh, right? yeah. it's all confidence, uh, everything. No, yep. you can have people, uh, guide you or put you in the right direction, put you on the runway. Right. But it's, you know, it's your job to take off. Right. There's uh there's no one else that's going to do it but you. So. Exactly. So then after your college career comes to a close, you you go on to the Federal Prospects Hockey League with the Battle Creek Rumblebees and the Elmira, Elmira Enforcers your first year. So like what what was the what was it like signing in Battle Creek, especially since it is a it's a local team for you as well? Yeah, I, um, you know, again, going back, I I uh, went down on a wing, um, got an email from my old triple A coach about uh, attending this free agent camp. Right. And for uh, Huntsville and you know, go down there. Right. I, like I said, I always had an interest in, in playing pro and thought I had the ability to at least yeah. play, you know, single or double A pro. And so I go down there and, you know, there's, you know, 150 kids, there's, you know, like 14 defense on each team. Right. And, you know, I had a good showing and, and they bring me, uh, they pull me out of the locker room and, you know, out of everybody there, they're taking me and another kid to training camp. So, um, I remember I had a long talk with my parents, you know, we, we didn't, we didn't know what to do. We talked to a lot of people and that have been in that situation and get advice. And, you know, it, it was, uh, it was a tough choice to leave my team my senior year. Right. We had a, we had yeah. a good team at the time and could have had a shot at nationals, but, you know, I, I, I didn't think this opportunity would come, come again. So went down to Huntsville, you know, played a couple of preseason games, had some, I think I had two, three points in two games and, um thought I did good but right they uh you know it's cutthroat business right that that yeah. same day a, a guy from the ECHL got released and sent down and so I was packing my bags at the same time and um uh Huntsville told me to go to uh Columbus right and uh 
in Georgia and you know, they're, they're fairly close. And again, this is, you know, I didn't know anything about this league, right? I knew Port Huron had a team, but yeah. I didn't know if the hockey was good. I didn't know anything about the fan situation living. I, I didn't know a single thing. So I go down to Columbus. Um, they trade me to Battle Creek. And, um, you know, so I went home. And I remember I took like a week, week and a half break. I was just just kind of golfing, you know, hanging out. Cause I was like, man, what the fuck is this? You know, I, I'm yeah, like, just I, emptying my, the mind a little bit. Yeah. In my head, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I made a huge mistake. I should have stayed yeah. with my college team. Right. And, you know, kind of, kind of doubting myself. And, you know, again, you know, my, my old man, I, uh, I attribute a lot to him. He's, he's always been in my corner, always, always big supporter. And, uh, he pushed me in the right direction. And, you know, I'd say, uh, I'd say that I'd say my career, you know, for him to tell me to go there and just check it out. So went to Battle Creek, like you said, pretty local, you know, about an hour and a half from home. So um, I go there and, um, you know, it, it was bad, right? The, the, the entire team set up, um, you know, not to, uh, not to knock on the people involved, but, um, you know, it, it was just bad. The players, the rank, the locker room situation, the living situation, right? Everything was bad. We were getting killed every game. And, you know, it was, um, you know, a team where I was getting, you know, 25, 30 minutes, right, as a rookie. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, knowing what I knew from college and juniors and all those experiences, right, I, I told myself that if I uh, if I could just, right, work hard, keep my nose to the grindstone, right, we, we weren't going to win any games, right? So, if I, if I could just play good in front of good teams that I would get picked up by somebody. And, you know, sure enough, shortly in the season, I think I played maybe 12, 15 games. I'm not sure I'm there, whatever it says. But uh, I uh, I got a call from my GM. I drove up to the rink, went in his office, and he told me uh, that Carolina Thunderbirds and Elmira Enforcers have trade offers for you. And at the time, they were, you know, the two top teams right so yeah. i'm 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 like man you're pumped per- yes, oh, I'm, per- I'm like go. perfect i'm like it this is what i told myself this is what i worked for right i knew this would happen and um and i said yeah send me to either one right um so he was kind of communicating going back and forth with my agent and the teams trying to you know work out the best deal for themselves yeah. right so uh he calls me back in and he says you're getting traded to Elmira. And, you know, again, I'm super pumped, right? At the time, Elmira was averaging, you know, the highest attendance in the league and good team, right? Good organization from top to bottom. So going from the worst to the best, it was uh, definitely a good feeling. And I remember saying to him, because I was curious, I said, what did you trade me for? And they traded me for um, a guy named Nathan Pellegro, who was a good player, right? Consistent, you know, SPHL player. And... Uh, every time Battle Creek was going to go to Elmira for the season, Elmira was going to pay for the hotels, right? So <laughs> Future considerations. Was, exactly, future considerations. So I was a little geeked about that, right? I'm, I'm feeling good about myself, thinking, wow, I got some pretty decent value, right? They got a good player and, and oh, yeah. some hotels for me. So um, I uh, I remember we were, we were actually playing Battle Creek. That This was probably like on a Wednesday maybe, and we were playing Battle Creek uh, or uh, sorry, Elmira was playing Battle Creek in Battle Creek. So um, they got there like midday Thursday and, and I just, you know, kind of said bye to my buddies and, you know, packed up my stuff out of the apartment and, and I met Elmira at the hotel and then uh, played Friday, Saturday with them and, 
I believe that was like right before Christmas, I think maybe December 23rd, something like that. And, um, drove my car home, um, you know, said, said bye to my family and, and then hopped back in the car and drove to Elmira. And, you know, we had a game, I think, uh, the day after Christmas. So yeah. And rest Quick is around. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy how fast it can happen. <laughs> Yeah, no. that's crazy, but I'm I'm sure it was a great experience going to going to Elmira, especially like how your for how your pro career started, and then going into a top, uh, a top team in the league like must have been a great experience. And then you go into the same team the second the second year you played for Elmira Elmira for the full season the next year before yeah. going to Danbury <laughs> and Port Huron last year. It's like what was. What was it like staying in Elmira for that whole 2020-21 season, especially since it was a odd season? Yeah, the the COVID year, you know, yeah. we uh, we always talk about that. It was uh, it was about as interesting as it came, man. I uh, I remember we had uh, we were originally going to play, you know, and this was going on for forever, right? Because yeah. you know, at the time, nobody knew a lot about COVID all kinds of new restrictions, new, you know, everything was coming out every yeah. day. Right. So, um, you know, my team kept saying, you know, we're going to have training camp this day. Right. And they would just push it back further and further, you know, all the way from November to, you know, like mid January. Yeah. So finally there's a season set where we were going to play a 21 game season against Watertown Wolves, who was another team in New York. Right. I'm yeah. thinking, Jesus Christ, we're going to play the same fucking team 21 <laughs> times. You know, what is this? So fast forward to game one of that series. We're checking in at, uh, you know, doing the temperature check and all that stuff, right? All that weird stuff people yeah, usually uh -huh. do. And, uh, you know, there was some bad blood between the teams that boiled over from preseason. And, you know, long story short, we ended up, we ended up getting in a brawl in the hallway prior to the game. So, you know, we 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 thought that uh, Watertown didn't deserve to play with us, so we packed our gear, we went home, lost by forfeiture, season got canceled. So we, uh, you know, we're just kind of hanging around Elmira for about a week, week and a half, and, um, you know, doing nothing, right? We weren't even practicing, we didn't know what the hell was going on, and then finally we had a call from our GM, and we had a team meeting, and we all go in there, and he comes in, he slams a schedule on the, on the wall. And he's like, you know, we're, we're playing a season boys. And it was us Port Huron, uh, Columbus and Carolina. And we played a 25 game season for the ignite cup. And, um, you know, I, I always say, you know, I mean, some of the guys on Port Huron now that, that played in the league at that time too, we always joke because, you know, we always say that that is the best the federal hockey league will ever be. Um, for the simple reason that uh, it's almost like each league got bumped down, right? So at yeah. the time, the the East Coast Hockey League only half the teams were playing, right? Um, the SP only half the teams were playing, right? And then the Fed only four teams were playing. So there's a lot of good hockey players looking for uh, for a job, yeah. and oh, uh, yeah. you know our our team uh, Elmira. I mean, we were a powerhouse. We were you know we were a combination of you know all the best Fed players from Elmira and Danbury on top of SPHL and East coast players um, and vice versa for every other team. You know um, we always joke, we always joke around, you know, like me, Johnny and Graham on, uh, on Port Huron, we joke around with the fact that, you know, Port Huron during that season was the worst team out of the four. 
And we always joke that if you put that exact same team in the Fed right now, they'd be the first place team by a long <laughs> shot. So, um, yeah, we were uh, we were able to put a good season together. We had a championship run. Unfortunately, we got smoked in the uh, in the playoffs, best of five series. We lost game three, got swept. And um, yeah, I went. I uh, I was gonna retire after that. I had, I didn't even touch my gear for seven eight months, and um, there was an expansion draft because you know so there's some behind the scenes stuff going on with Elmira, yeah. and I um, you know the team ended up folding at the time and. So, uh, you know, I had buddies from Danbury call me nonstop, right? You got to come play, right? Guys like Johnny Ruiz, Carter Shankarik, Dylan Kelly. And I'm thinking what – I'm like, you guys can pick me up and have my rights, but I'm not going all the way out to Connecticut. So they draft me in the expansion draft. They own my rights, right? And, you know, again, I don't care because at the time I was retired, I was going to be done playing. And uh, I think uh, that that season last year come, you know, about November – uh, Danbury's playing in Port Huron and they're short like two defensemen, right? They only had like four at the time. So yeah, they uh my buddies are calling me nonstop, right? I'm talking to my parents, what do you think? And they're like, why don't you do it? Right. They're all geeked up because they love watching <laughs> and you know, they they were pissed that I wanted to be done. And so I was like, fuck it, you know what not? you know, I'll 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 do it, even though I hadn't skated for anything. So I uh I remember that was on a Tuesday that I decided so I went I went full gear with my high school team Wednesday and Thursday uh to kind of mentally prepare for it and then I met Danbury at the rink I uh I played two games with them they uh they gave me a decent amount of money and then on top of that they sent me a lot of money in the mail to try to incentivize me to to go play there but you know I was I was a you know full-time student I, I just couldn't yeah. make it work so um fast forward from there they eventually waived my rights to, you know, make room for the roster. And I bounced around pretty much every team. I, uh, I got, uh, you know, a call from Columbus call from Carolina, right. Team after team picking on my rights, telling them the same things. I got, I got calls from, uh, Roanoke and in the SPHL making, um, uh, Vermilion County. They're not even a team anymore. And, and Peoria and, you know, Evansville, I mean, you know, and, and I'm there uh, in Fayetteville too. And I'm, and I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, every time I'm turning down these calls, I'm going, man, where were you guys, you know, this whole time I'm working my ass off, you know, trying to get to the league. Now I don't even want to play anymore. And everybody's calling me. Right. So go figure. So, uh, come around Christmas time, um, my buddy, Austin Federley, he had, uh, he had shot me a text. We had played, uh, my first year in the Goge together. So I know Austin a long time and, he shot me a text and said, what do I think about, you know, coming to play for port? And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, how bad can it be? Right. Close to yeah. home. And, you know, I'm only, you know, at the time I was like practicing once, twice a day and, yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, I played, uh, I practiced a week there. First game was a home game on December 26 against Carolina. And, you know, and that, uh, that kind of re-sparked my love for it. So, um, I thought that, uh, you know, if I do this, uh, you know, I didn't play many games that year. And, and uh, you know, I told myself I was going to play more of a full season the next year as my as my last hoorah because, you know, poor here. And I, I, owe, I owe Johnny and Graham a lot. I think uh, they definitely made me refine my love for the game for sure. And, uh, you know, it, it's a lot of fun there. So 
that's uh that's the pretty wild ride I took the last two three seasons. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh that's crazy, but I'm I'm glad that you're back in in Port Huron, close to your home, and playing playing your last year of pro hockey, where where you want to play. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, but like, what's been like some of the most uh some of your favorite memories so far from this season and last season with uh, Port Huron? Um. I'd say last season, you know, playoffs, right? Um, you know, Port Huron was able to able to make playoffs last year, and even though we got fourth or uh, first rounded, you know, four three overtime loss and a four three overtime loss, right? Because you only play best of three series, yeah. Um, you know, so they can go by quick, right? You you can win a championship in six games, right? Um, but that's always special when you you know the, like like we talked about earlier, anybody can beat anybody, so it's always special when you when you get that shot at a championship and uh, you know, as far as this season, you know, there's been a lot of laughs, uh, you know, a lot of good pranks. Um, you know, I've been enjoying last year. I didn't go on the road very much actually at all. Um, I only did for playoffs because uh, I had prior commitments to school and whatnot. And, yeah. But this year I, you know, I kind of set my schedule up where I had night classes and all that bullshit. And um so I uh, I've been going on the road a lot more. So I, I would say that's my best uh, best experiences so far. You know, it's you know soaking in the last couple of road trips. You know, you you get a big big win on the road, and you know you're having beers on the bus and the music's blaring and whatnot. So uh, I'm enjoying that. You know, right now and soaking it all in because I know I'm you know I'm not going to get that anywhere else for yeah. the rest of my life. So um, you know, in the locker room for sure. That that's. Uh, it's always fun to just, you know, go in every morning and sit down to your best buddies and just shoot the shit and grill into each other. And, you know, that's, that's, uh, that, that's, you know, the, the, the good experiences that I'm having so far. So. Oh yeah. Those, those are the the best memories to make is when like just the road trips, just being with the boys and then you're playing the game you love for, for a living. And like, there's nothing, nothing better than that. Yeah, absolutely, man. I uh, can't complain about my life at all. Not one yeah. bit. <clears throat> and you're living at home 35 yeah. minutes away. So <laughs> exactly. like, what, what's it been like to play with Port Huron and like have friends and family be able to see you play for your for your last year? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, people, people close to me have been making their rounds, you know, uh, you know, family, friends, aunts, uncles are kind of, you know, coming out, you know, two, three, four games, um, you know, seeing their nephew or grandson or best yeah. buddy or whatever right play one last time um you know my parents they you know god bless them they uh they've given me the uh you know the ability to play the sport i love and you know for this long and they've always been supporters so um you know they sit in the same two seats every uh every game at poor hand and uh you know i leave them two tickets uh so it it's pretty special for them to you know like I said earlier watch their oldest play one last season and uh, you know I'm sure the tears will be flowing on both ends at, at yeah. that last game when it finally sets in right it hasn't really set in yet but uh, it's uh, it's been special for sure I'm glad I can finish out uh, my career and you know at, at home like you said so yeah. that that that's awesome that that's unreal just uh, especially since it's your last year like not go out with a bang just like that and you, you'd be happy yeah yeah absolutely man i uh i got one last shot at it. i hope uh hope we can put it together <laughs> oh yeah absolutely but i have one more question before we wrap things up here so uh what what's your, like your pregame routine uh before games 
uh, before games. So um, if if we were to play a home game, uh, typically Friday, uh, we would morning skate. Um, so I get up, I get up around uh, 6 a.m. Um, I'm a big breakfast guy, uh, contrary to popular belief, right? Breakfast is the most important meal yeah. of the day. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of people think it's what you eat before a game. It's actually what you eat in the, that morning, right? So I have uh, me and my brother on a strict regimen diet. We have, you know, we have our six eggs, protein, yogurt, banana, right? And I uh, kind of let that digest for a sec. I go up to the rink. Um we have a black rock sauna in our locker room. So I'll sit in the sauna for, you know, 20, 30 minutes, get a, get a good sweat in, right. Get in the shower, rinse off and start getting ready for morning skate. And, uh, you know, we skate, you know, real light, 25, 30 minutes, get, get your uh, legs moving, you know, snap around some passes, take a couple shots. And then I will, uh, I will go to tropical smoothie after that. And that's, uh, that's my, uh, one of my favorite, uh, pre-game meals i get i get the same thing i get a smoothie and a, and a wrap and i'll take that home i'll eat that and um then i i'm a big napper so i'll i'll, I'll take a nap around one two o'clock for about an hour or two and uh get up at four through three thirty four o'clock shower um my mom always makes her pasta with red sauce for me so another perk of living from home <laughs> and i'll uh mow that down and then i uh you know put my suit on and Head out to the rink and you know i uh we have uh team meetings right and individual meetings throughout the throughout the time frame yeah. of leading up to warm-ups and you know i'll do those with need be but uh then i go play sewer a little bit with the guys right kick the soccer ball around a bit and then uh, i do my own individual warm-up routine and go back and uh you know have uh have a chew with a couple of the boys and uh you know throw in uh throw on my gear and you know get get mentally prepared for warm-ups and you know that's that man that's that's my pregame routine not a not a super superstitious guy yeah. as much as other guys but uh nothing really interesting about it but <laughs> a great consistent routine though that's all you need yeah there you go man exactly yeah but gino thank you again for coming on the show i really appreciate your time and i want to wish you the best of luck with the rest of the season hopefully you guys go out hopefully you go out with a bang with the championship coming up soon oh thanks man jack i uh i appreciate you having me on and yeah obviously i hope the same too man that would uh that'd be something special for sure for the last year yeah but, that'd be uh, that'd be unreal yeah all right man i appreciate it